Welcome, friends of the universe. We are Soul Women. We are three 20-something-year-old women working towards growing and learning in our spirituality and life practices daily. We have come together to talk all things adulting, learning more deeply about our own souls as well as others, and to give healthy insight on how to live a life of wellness. We work together to have relatable conversations and hope to help promote a lifestyle of inner peace while also maintaining our unique life perspectives and advice. So let's get started. Oh, and we're recording. Hi, everyone. Hello. Hello. We're here. Hi. We're back. It's, it's we're been a while. It sure has been. The universe just so happened to give us a lot of time to podcast, so we are taking <laughs> advantage. <laughs> yeah, truly, we just got sent into a pandemic. Um, the world did so that we could make more podcasts. Uh, that's what we're trying to keep our heads set on anyways. (laughs) But yeah, we're picking up like one of our favorite hobbies because we do finally have some time. And let's shout out Lexi from Why She Whistles because she got us on this app called Zoom. And we can record from a distance way easier with less editing. So we're trying it out tonight. Hopefully it works. Hopefully you hear this. Yeah. (laughs) So far, so good, right? Yeah. So far, it seems okay. But it's all about looking at the positives. That's what we're here to do. Oh, there's a lot going on. It's almost like you can feel the energy shifting in the world. That's kind of been my model lately, because you can feel the people who are who are giving off tension and negativity um, and cynicism, and you can also feel the people who are using this time to cultivate a deeper sense of self-worth and just taking the time to really get back to themselves. Yeah, definitely. I. It's interesting because I just had a birthday recently, and mm-hmm. something I was really excited about with turning 28 was that like my planet's your planets when you turn 28 are aligned the same way that they are when you're born. And so a lot of times if you're in tuned with that and aware of that, you feel this really big energetic shift on your own or in your own life. And so I was feeling that. And then to have all this happen too, it's like just this intense shift. Like what a unique time for us all to be alive right now. I think it's, I mean, there's a lot to be learned from all of this. And I think it's going to be, exciting in a strange way to try to like (laughs) figure out how we're going to come out of this hopefully better and more educated and rested. Yeah, I agree. I think one of the biggest things that, that this, this shift is really pushing people towards is just like a different level of compassion. Cause I think so many people forget about that. They forget how to have human connection when their heads like most people's heads are wrapped up in work, in money, in in what they're doing outside of their house and outside of their own mind. And I feel like, I mean, I, I know a lot of people aren't feeling this way, but so many of these people haven't spent more than five minutes with themselves, let alone like, let's say you don't have a meditation practice, you don't have a self-care practice. And then all of a sudden you're told that you can't leave your house. And I know for, for, my state and my city uh, in New Orleans being one of the worst ones that's in the country right now, we are pretty much in a shelter in place. Don't leave unless it's a necessity. So it's those times where you have to have to have those self-care principles in place and almost like build a structure structure for yourself so you don't go stir crazy, don't go nuts. Yeah, I feel like Exactly what Callie said. There's different extremes of people as far as how we're all going to handle this because some of us are already really homebodies and we have a routine at home and we like being at home or maybe you already work from home. So there's things that just really aren't going to feel that much different for you. But then there are people who are barely ever home or don't Mm -hmm. have a home or have a home where it can be scary or... um, I don't know. There's just like a lot of things to be, to think about and consider a privilege or to be grateful for in a time like this too. Like something I reflected on today in a meditation was like, I'm grateful I have a home. I'm grateful I have a safe space to be in right now. And I will not complain (laughs) because 
I will find something to do with my time because I have a place where I can safely do that. And I think we want to talk about some things you can do in your home while you're there uh, to avoid boredom or even let yourself get bored without media or distractions and just kind of some healthy, positive ways to build your immunity and your happiness and your health while we are given this universal rest is kind of what I've been trying to call it. <laughs> yes, the universe saying, guys, take a freaking break. Yeah, man. We work pretty hard in this world today, some more than others, obviously, but we just want to focus a little bit on how we can work hard at home, but also slow down a little bit, right? Yes, yes, yes. Also, I think this can be a dark time for a lot of people. Well, it's a dark time. It is an intense and dark time, and we mm -hmm. can find the light in it. I just want to disclaim that. But more than not, there's going to be a lot of people who this is a very dark time for them in the way that they have to be isolated when they all already are dealing with mental health situations, whether it's depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. Um, and we want to bring some tools and some tricks to do that. Um, obviously, we have all been through a similar journey with our mental health and self-isolation is something that can be beneficial and it also can be really toxic. And if we can find a way to make it more beneficial during this time where we can't go anywhere, I think that's the best thing that we can do. So we want to reach out to a lot of anyone who is also feeling that way and has some anxiety about doing this on their own and having to deal with those thoughts. Um, hopefully we can give you some tips there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the main tips, I want to say it again, because th this is what we're doing right now. We're on this app called Zoom. The three of us are communicating together and we're not alone, right? Like we're just literally sitting in our rooms by ourselves, but together. So like, you're not alone through this time. I think like what Mar was saying, we want to help you learn how to be okay alone, but also you, we have technology and we have the ability to see each other and communicate with each other. So, I mean, I think, I think just with that, and it's the easiest thing and something to be so grateful for in, in this day and age is the amount of technology that we have. I mean, the last time that we had um, a notable outbreak of anything. I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is SARS. And what was that in like early 2000s? And we didn't have the technology that we have right now. Like, yes, you could call people, but we have communication. We have our friends' faces from across the world at our fingertips. And with all of this downtime right now, like there is no excuse to like rekindle things and, and, voice your feelings even if you are feeling lonely if you're feeling scared about everything that's happening the best way to combat that instead of sitting scrolling on instagram looking at the news you know pushing all of this um external negativity down your own throat call people and and ask for love ask for communication yeah, I feel like Callie just kind of brought up one of our first tips or tricks or whatever. Um, make time for your friends. We have the privilege, like you were saying, to be able to communicate via phone easily. So taking the time and FaceTiming friends just the way that you would hang out with them if you were in person, I think is like super great. I know we've been doing that and it's yes. like mm -hmm. me feel like I am not alone in this apartment by myself. <laughs> and keeps my sanity. Yeah. Keeps you, keeps you a little bit sane with all of it. Totally. I feel like a big part of this, I guess in the last few weeks where it's gotten really serious for us, I've talked to more friends, more family over the phone or on FaceTime than I pretty much ever do. And it's interesting because um, we've always had the availability to do that, but we always just tend to be so busy. I think that's another excuse, like we talked about earlier, um, that we make on a regular basis of we're so busy all the time, just rushing through life that we forget about the important things like connection. 
we forget about how important it is for our mental health. And I think a lot of people go home at the end of their day and do feel lonely or do feel like they have no one to go to. But then we have times like this and all of a sudden you want to check in on this handful of people that's in your life. And these people, these are the people you can go to anytime. I mean, when we're working, when we're busy, when we're not, I think that's a big part of how we can stay healthy is by having a support group, making connections with people. If you find yourself in a position right now where you're like, I don't have as many people in my life as I had hoped, or I don't have as many people to talk to, what can you do to change that? Reach out to people. I mean, I think there's, there's always people you can try and reach out to or make a new friend. That's the beauty of social media is that everyone's looking to make friends. We wouldn't be on social media if we weren't looking to connect. And so Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, connections probably our first like number one tip slash trick to get through this (laughs) quarantine is just like talk to people. Yeah. I was actually, um, I was reading a study the other day and they were talking about where, where happiness comes from and how human connection is a huge motivator of that. And it's funny because if like, let's say you get home and I know I was a huge like victim of this. And I, I would tell myself, I'm like, I don't have time. Like I need to finish these things. I, you know, I wish I could call this person, but I'll have to push it to the side. And the real deal of it is that if you want to make those connections, it's not about, you know, if it's going to happen, it's when it's going to happen. You have to make a priority. You have to make time for it. And that actually increases your motivation in your life, your creative energy, your drive, because you are feeling that human connection. And as humans, it's a natural instinct to connect with people. So when we're in these times when we can't be physically close to people, we will feel it's no wonder we feel a space, mm-hmm. you know, and we try to fill that with, with certain things. And it's not filled by social media. I think connecting to people on social media, I've connected with a couple of people on social media recently and, and it's been actually really, really awesome. Um, because you're talking to people who have those like goals and, or like a like mindset and you have nothing to lose. <laughs> Most people on there want to talk about what they're passionate about more than anything. Mm-hmm. So if you pique their interest, they'd be happy to talk to you. I've had a FaceTime date one time with a, a girl that I met on Instagram and we still like text here and there. And it's kind of, it's really interesting. Well, I think to your point too, Callie, is that like, there is a balance with that. Of course we want to connect right now. It's kind of all we have is online, but there's still a limit to that where we also want to transition into what we can do on our own, right. To like stay healthy during times like this, because we just, as a category connection is important right now. A lot of that's going to be online and that's why we're grateful for social media at this moment. Healthy connection is important of course, but then there's that whole other connection, which is with ourselves or our pets. Yes. We're just our home environment. Um, There's a lot of things you can do with yourself at home that are going to be majority of what we're going to talk about on this episode, I think. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear from you guys because you guys have been quarantined, quote unquote, or like self quarantining quite a bit longer than I have at this point. So why don't we just like start with maybe the most um, spread, which is New Orleans right now, just because it's a bigger city um, to kind of the least, because we all have different perspectives on what's happening right now because of where we live. So we have an interesting, I think a lot of people who listen to this are from Minnesota, but it's going to be interesting because we have a really cool perspective because we have two other states that we're we're talking from now. So Yeah. yeah, Callie, hit us up with what's going on. So with everything down here, um, it's basically just like staying inside, obviously. But for me, the thing that's helping the most is is going outside and making a routine out of my day because I know with my like ADHD brain, if I don't set a schedule for myself or I don't say, hey, like during this time, like from one to three, I want to make music and and setting a timer and I and I 
totally felt fault to this today because I didn't set a schedule and I ended up making music for six hours and then, you know, getting, getting ready. Which is still beneficial. Which is still beneficial. But I think for, for my sanity, being outdoors is, is a huge thing. And something that I put in my routine that I honestly want to keep in my routine as time goes on, even after all of the chaos and what's going on subsides. But I walk myself up to the levee, which is this like big green grassy area that's near my house. And I'm really grateful that I, that I live close to that. And I can just go lay on that and like watch the clouds go by. I can do a guided meditation out there. I could take my bike up there, take the bike trail and then go sit by the water, which is what I did yesterday. And I got extremely sunburned. <laughs> but I think getting, getting my dose of, of vitamin D and getting out of my space. So if I'm spending the majority of my time in my house, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to the grocery store. Our bodies just know it as being in one spot even if I'm in the living room and I go to my room and then I make dinner whatever it is I need to change my environment and I think that's been the biggest key factor in why I haven't I haven't gotten bored and I haven't gotten stir crazy it's because I'm always looking for something else that I can do with my time or a place that I can go if I'm feeling a stagnant energy and just from just from sitting then I go walk the block outside. So I think, and think what Callie's saying too, is just like sticking with a routine during this time, because we all have daily routines that are important to us. It's good for your brain and your body to stick within your routine, even if it's, you're doing different activities, but the same kind of like time schedule of how you normally Mm -hmm. do things. And if anyone doesn't have a place you can go real quick in nature, um, even just standing outside your front porch like I mean or walk around your neighborhood just get a little bit of fresh air is I think the goal right now Mm -hmm. and I think talking with routines too, making a nighttime and a morning routine and I know we've done past podcasts on that too but I always make it a non-negotiable to meditate and do yoga and eat a really good breakfast Um, and and that's another thing that makes me feel successful during my days too so instead of sitting around and and watching Netflix all day which it's good to have those days too but having some some markers in your day that yeah it's it's where you're working towards that like intentional positivity you're being intentional about the things that you're doing in these days that you don't have a time limit and you don't even have something to procrastinate to (laughs) You know, part of remaining in spirit too, which is what we're trying to do is finding that balance of continuing to work on yourself and grow, but also not overworking because that's a big reason why we are getting sick and we do want to have that balance of rest, which could mean a Netflix day or a day where you're napping or sleeping in longer. Um, Because I think there's a lot of pressure right now for people to find something to do and be proactive. And I, I think, well, the three of us are similar in a lot of ways, but we also have our differences, of course. But I think we're all similar in the way where we want, we're like, okay, what can I do with this time? Because we're all creative. So we're like, what can we create with this space that we've been given? Whereas some people are just like, I just want to chill. And that's that's yeah. cool. Like whatever you feel is right for your mental health. But we still think that having a balance of that is important right now. Mm-hmm. I did also see a really great, Cool. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was along the lines of during this time, you do not have to write the greatest best-selling novel. You do not have to make the next hit song. You do not have to, whatever it might be. Um, because I think a lot of people are putting pressure on themselves during this time to perform at an even higher level or, or be hyperactive because of the situation that we're in instead of saying I can relax and do things at my own pace. I think that's the most important point that I would want to drive home is do things at your pace. If you don't know what your pace is, take this time to discover it and let yourself just be most of our lives. We're spent rushing around trying to make it from one thing to the next. We don't actually get a break like this. So use it to your advantage and use it to create a space of loving kindness and gentleness towards yourself in the process. 
Yeah, I think as long as we can stimulate our brains every day in some way, in stimulating our bodies and then stimulating our souls, right? So that's kind of like we'll do meditation, that's kind of stimulating our souls. Yoga, you're stimulating your body. And then say you journal that day or you make a song that day or you cook a meal that day, something that's stimulating your brain. All those things are what we want to like. Right now, if you don't, if you're sitting around all day doing nothing, just make a goal like one time per mind, body, soul. So three things a day right now, make that a goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think making a positive intention that's achievable for your day and then reviewing that before you go to bed too. I always like reviewing um, like the best parts of your day and what you accomplished So then you go to bed feeling accomplished and there's actually been studies on how that improves your sleep and, and improves how you wake up in the morning too. And, and your state of being when you wake up, when you review the the positives before you go to bed, because you're more likely to, to dream about that, even if you don't remember your dreams, but it puts you in a good mood and that lasts throughout your sleep cycle, which I think that's fascinating. Yeah. So Mar, what about you? How's everything been going for you? Yeah. So the state that I reside in, I would say is mildly affected right now, um, which is only increasing every day. But I started quarantining myself probably around last Sunday. So I've I'm almost been a week. And yeah, it's been really good. <laughs> like, being alone. That was like my big thing is that being alone in an apartment by myself, I was a little worried about that. And it's actually been super good because kind of what Cal was saying, I'm giving myself a routine, like a very loose routine where I have a morning routine and have a night routine. And then the rest of the day, I kind of decide what I think is best for me at that time. Yeah, I've just been trying to give myself room to adventure into different types of skills. Um, Because as a yoga instructor, as a yoga, a yogi, and also someone who's in the yoga community professionally, I do yoga a lot. And not having the studio and not having my clients to work with every day is pretty crazy and different than what I'm used to. And so finding a way to still grasp that mindfulness and that present with my yoga practice has been a big thing for me, um, which I have succeeded and failed multiple times each day (laughs) that I have been in quarantine. And also journaling and letting those thoughts kind of playing away from the whole talking about how to control your mental health. I have a lot of anxiety um, and learning to let like be with those thoughts and learn how to cope with them all over again. Cause I think I've kind of lost it along the last few months has also been something I have let myself do in the last week and will continue to do in the following weeks to come as we all quarantine. How do you talk yourself through those moments of, when you are feeling really anxious and that energy is just kind of in your chest, that heavy kind of pit feeling that you have, um, what is your first kind of go-to when that feeling starts to hit you? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm learning to stop myself from having like irrational thoughts, which is where my anxiety resides. Um, But being able to remind myself that the anxiety I hold when it comes to what's going on outside the world and what's going on in my community even, um, I remember that it's out of my control. Like this is the one thing that I cannot control, but I can control where my imprint is in this situation Mm -hmm. and what I'm doing with my day. And if it's a healthy thing for me to do kind of thing. Um, so trying, so kind of remembering what's out of my control, what's 
what I can control because anxiety is always going to try to find those things that you can't control, but makes you feel like you should be able to control it. And then <clears throat> you go insane with those crazy thoughts of like victimizing yourself and such. So it's interesting that you say that because Dr. Amen, I think I literally have this written down. He said, when you're starting to feel anxiety journal, what you are afraid of and what about afraid that you can control and what can't you control because giving your brain logic feeding logic kills anxiety so when you have that written down like oh yeah I can't really control this it immediately will relieve some pressure from you because we do feel like we always have to be in control and that's actually not a healthy feeling so I'm yeah. glad that you said that because I think a lot of people probably relate to you with anxiety and that's a huge thing is like, well, can you even control this? What can you control? What can you do? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of power in bringing your mind to the fact that it's a season in life and everything will pass. Um, every thought will pass. Every anxious thought will pass. And a thing that I try to tell my, tell myself when I'm faced with anxiety, I'm like, how, how am I going to find the benefit from my pain? Like, what am I benefiting from this feeling or what am I learning? Because, and that helps with journaling too, Andy, as, as both you and Mar are talking about journaling. It's like, what am I feeling? And, and just naming it because then you take the power back. Yeah. That was another thing that I think has been helping with my anxiety. Kind of what Callie has summarized is, remembering that everything is temporary that pain comes and pain will go and pain will come again harder the second time around and it will go again but it always is temporary and remembering that this situation is going to be temporary and to doing like my best that I can right now at this moment is all I can do and the one thing one of these weird coincidence like things or like signs I've been seeing the last week is and I guess it's a it's a common saying, but I've never really heard a lot of people say it until this week, and that's why I think it's more a coincidence than anything. But um, so many people have been just looking at me when we talk about this and just saying one day at a time, like so many people, and I've been thinking it like when I find myself get anxious, I just think, okay, let's just think about today. Let's not think about a month from now. Let's not think about next week. Let's just think about today. I'm here. The same situation is here. What can I do to benefit myself and others in this, in this mindful present right now? And so that's another thing, like, I don't know, like kind of like affirmations or mantras, if that is your type of style when it comes to this stuff, but one day at a time and everything is temporary. I think those are two really big things that have been helping me in the last week and has been, they both have been making me not feed into that ego as much as I was, yeah. you know, or, or I'm not feeding into my ego as much as I could be in this situation. Like I could really think the worst about this situation. And instead I'm trying to turn it around and like, we're talking about being intentionally, intentionally positive or at least mindful about what's going on and how I'm feeling. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who find themselves being very ego-driven during this time. Yeah, and it's the, easy too. I mean, it's natural, you know? The amount of people that I've heard, even while walking down the street, like they're talking to their neighbors and they're like, I'm just so stressed and like this thing with work and like these people and they're like talking about things that are out of their control and it's increasing their stress, in turn decreasing their immune system and if we want to talk about something that's really important, it's like herd immunity, but on a mental, emotional, soul well-being standpoint. Because if we are bringing all this negativity into our lives and letting that take control, like we're letting that take the driving wheel, then we are giving our control away and we're more likely to get sick then. But if you stay inside and you're like, okay, I know I'm social distancing. I know I'm doing the things that I can. I know that what I have in control right now is what I put into my body. And that's not just food. 
that's the news that you're taking in. That is the thoughts. Any, yeah. The, the, the opinions of the people around you, it's everything. I think all of what you guys are saying totally connects with what we've already talked about a lot, which is great because this is how we try to live our lives regardless of what's going on, but is that fear versus intuition and the two different mentalities of what's fear-based and what's logic-based or what's fear-based and what's spirit-based. And that can go with our own brains. Like when Mara was saying, the anxiety comes up and then she'll kind of kill the anxiety with that logic and spirit-based knowledge. And that also goes for when you're on social media back to being on our screens because we're going to be doing a lot of that while we're quarantined. And what what accounts are you following? Are you following fear-based accounts or intuition-based accounts? What news are you reading into? Is it the news that's just somebody freaking out about facts that aren't necessarily true yet? Or are you really, it's, it's feeding your brain with, non-fear-based education. And um, I think that that's part of that herd mentality too. Like Callie said, people are instantly going to what everyone's freaking out about. And then there's all this information over here. Everyone's turning their backs to, of course, you're going to start weakening your immune system. That physical anxiety you're feeling, that physical pain in your body does come into fruition and it does physically make us ill And I've talked about this before. I've physically made myself ill in my past because of anxiety. And um, it does weaken your immune system. Stress weakens your immune system. And that's why anxiety is such a physical entity. I don't even know if that's the word to say. But like there's a physical reaction when it Mm -hmm. comes to anxiety. Because your brain and your thoughts can affect your body and how it acts. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a reason why people have stomach aches and they have anxiety or shivers when they have anxiety. And it's like, that's our body responding to that fear. Mm -hmm. I think a thing that I would say to that is I encourage anyone who's listening, like if you do feel yourself, have these reactions, have these responses to anxiety, examine what what is happening around in your life in that moment that's causing that. Because all of those things are in your control. It cycles right back to what are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding your mind? What are you watching? What are you listening to? And that's where you get to change the game. That's where you get to change the outcome. Mm-hmm. And another thing that I'm u- utilizing this time for is to purge a lot of things out of my life. And that is more than just the clothes in my closet. It's, it's ideas or belief systems that I've had in my past or ways that I see myself because I'm spending time alone and I'm valuing that time alone. So how can I make the most out of this? How can you make the most out of this? Yeah, I don't know about you guys or anyone who's listening, but I have all of a sudden had some old grieving moments or some old things that I thought I was pretty healed through coming up in the last few days that I've been going through this. I think it is a really big purging time energetically right now in our world in general. And I think that's part of the transforming into this new, you know, hopeful era that we're transforming into. And I think that in order to grow, we know this is we have to feel pain and we have to work on healing. I think part of purging is a part of healing. So it's kind of symbolic in a sense because I've been purging emotions, been purging our closet, like springtime's always kind of the time for that too. So it's, we're still doing the normal things that humans do while we're in the midst of something that is bigger than us right now too. Yeah, completely. I do want to disclaim that when I was talking about how I deal with my own anxiety, um, it, it's not in like, it's not something that is like, it doesn't come easy. Like I still, I'm still doing the steps to get to that point where I'm like, Oh, this is anxiety. Like it's still a process. And I just wanted to do it. But sometimes I feel like when I talk about it, it's very like, yeah, I just snap my fingers and I feel better. And I just, I want to like disclaim that that is not how that goes. And you will stumble and that's okay. Just keep going, like keep Mm -hmm. going and dive deep into those dark thoughts because there's a, like, I mean, we've kind of talked about this, just summarizing kind of our whole conversation. There's a reason those thoughts are there. 
So figure it out, figure the how, figure out the how and the why, mm-hmm. and realize they're very much ego based or out of our control or just here to destroy us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think I know I've been in therapy that have told me that has told me this. I've been in, I've read books that have told me this, where it's just like you have to write that stuff down and then flip it flip the negative or flip the narrative or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it and make it positive. It's funny as you were talking about that. And I, I thought to, you know, how do I view that in my head when, uh, when I'm at the crossroads there, but how I, how I say it's like, if you've made that connection, if you're seeing that and you're seeing an avenue for change, it's almost like you were granted a key and you can either take it or leave it, but it's your job to bridge the gap. and it's the total awareness of it I think a a thing there too that a lot of people should start realizing more and a lot of people are working on this if you are on your own mindful path Um, but when your initial reaction is to complain or or look to the negative and you see that and you see the choice that you can make you can say I can either pursue this negative path and I can talk all the all whatever's going on and (laughs) contribute to the negative energy that's in the world. And that's circling right now, or you can change it and say, how do I look on the bright side? How can I talk about what I'm grateful for? Because the more you do that, the more you encourage that Avenue for people who are they're inherently like negative. If they see you doing something that's positive and not saying, Oh, this sucks. I have nothing to do. My yoga studio is closed. I can't go to yoga. Boo-hoo. It's, and guess what? <laughs> that was me five days ago, and I changed my narrative because I was well, like, you victimizing yourself? Well, yeah. I mean, we all do. I did the same thing. Normal, but but I, I agree with you, Callie, too. It's like leading by example. Once you do have it, like she said, once you do have that awareness, like Mar, of course you're upset about it. We all are upset right now, but then you realized you had that choice and you did flip your narrative. And that's exactly the key that Kelly's talking about. Like if you have that light switch, like, okay, yeah, this is really shitty, but I have a bunch of stuff I could get done right now. And I have it like, as soon as that thought comes into your head, that's like, ding, 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 light bulb, positive thought. Okay. I'm going to run with that thought. And just grab onto it and let it take you because you can do the same thing on the other side, right? Like, oh my gosh, like I went into a little bit of a spiral today. I, I, I minute by minute deal with anxiety as well. And I've my, my whole life and I've definitely found tools to help, but it's still there. It's still a huge part of my subconscious, a huge part of it's, it's a habitual thought process for me at this point because I've been doing it for so long that I'm trying to actually, it's like quitting cigarettes. Like I'm literally trying to become unaddicted to anxiety. I'm not intentionally addicted either. Who's ever intentionally addicted to anything? I mean, you don't want to be addicted to it, but it's just, you're so used to it. It's like a little friend that's there. Like it's comfortable. It's comfortable. Yep. So my spiral today you know, my business has to be shut down. How am I going to make money? What if this extends past this? What if, what if, what if all of a sudden I grabbed that what if thought and I was totally running with it. And all of a sudden in the second I realized it, I mean, it was probably five, 10 minutes I was spiraling before I realized, okay, you're spiraling. Sometimes it takes 20 minutes, an hour. And all of a sudden you realize, okay, hold on. What are you doing? The goal is the sooner we can realize we're doing it, the healthier we can be because we can stop that physical pain sooner. And so once I did figure it out, it was right down that track of, hold on, what can I do right now? And I journaled, I wrote down a bunch of stuff. Here's ideas. What can I do? How can I make money? How can I stay calm? How can I, and that change of focus completely forgot about the anxiety and I've, you know, been chilling now. So Mm -hmm. yeah. I think, and I want to point this out to anyone who's listening too, is that Andy, I view you as one of the most self-aware individuals that's in my life. And, and, and people think, people think that those who are mindful and those who already have the principles don't have those things happen. And 
I know I've gotten frustrated when people are like, oh, but aren't you supposed to be Zen? Like you can't be, you can't be angry. You can't be feeling a certain way. And it's like, it's just not true. It's the, the important part is, is that when you took yourself out of the spiral, you realized it, you didn't judge yourself for it. You acknowledged that it happened and you move forward. Mm -hmm. So many people, when they get stuck in spirals, they're like, Oh, I got, I got stuck in that. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm a shitty person. I have no control over my mind. And all of a sudden he went from one spiral to another spiral instead of taking the key, go the new route and trust it, like let go or be freaking dragged. Cause we do love a spiral cause spiral is symbolic of energy. We just want to spiral up always if possible. So that, there we go. We're going to e- either take the spiraling up or the spiraling down. And we have that choice in every minute. Don't spiral side to side in the same place either. No, we just want to go up. And also, I want to shoot that same thing back to both of you. You are both extremely self-aware and you also still have those feelings too. Like I don't, I don't even have to, I'll be talking with Callie and Mar and they'll talk about something that they're going through and I don't even have to say anything. And they're both like, but this is already what I realize about myself. And this is what I'm doing to change for the better. Like you don't even half the time when we all talk, yes, we give each other advice, but we don't really have to because there is, you just have that self-awareness. But in order to maintain that, it's not like, I don't feel like we were just granted this gift on earth of self-awareness. I think everyone can have it. And it's, just a matter of what are you feeding this whole conversation? Are we Mm -hmm. feeding that awareness? Are we trusting ourselves to say, Hey, you know what? I am going to take the positive path. I am going to spiral up because I trust that the universe is going to provide me what I need. I trust that what's needed will come. And I trust that there is a plan that's beyond me, no matter what you believe in, that's taking care of us in one way or the other. And as human, we have these emotions. It's so human. So if just because you're self-aware doesn't mean you're not going to have anxiety. It's just mm-hmm. part of the human condition to feel the range of emotions that we have. But like Callie said, it's the judgment that kills us as soon as you have a bad thought and then you judge yourself for that bad thought. Now you're just like, I have this bad thought and I hate myself for having this bad thought. Mm-hmm. Like that's just piling uncomfortable things on top of each other rather than, okay, I have this bad thought. How can I take care of myself now? It's just like if your friend had a bad thought, how would you say, what would you, how would you respond? Like if Callie was having a bad thought, Mara was having a bad thought, I'd be like, okay, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in your own mind, right? Like how can I help Mm -hmm. myself when I'm having this bad thought? I think it goes with the daily practice that you include in your life too, because again, none of us were ever just like woke up one day and said, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm above all this. I am Zen. I will never be phased by anything in this physical being or realm ever again. But no, it's, it's, it's including it in your daily practice because, and I want to reiterate this so many times and for like, for those in the back who need to hear it 500 more times, it will feel uncomfortable to stop that train and that thought process in your mind that is so used to going down that road. There's something that I'm learning in, in my yoga school and it's called some scars. I'm sure you know what Mm -hmm. some scars are, but it's the negative mind loops that we go down and that we build for ourselves. And if you think about it, when you, let's say you have like this cart that you're, that you're dragging down through a field and this field that is so open and you drag the cart through a couple times and you start getting a couple, you can see where it's moved its way through the field. You drag it through more times and it starts getting this well-worn path in Then people start walking on the path. And then all of a sudden you can see how it evolves and it evolves and evolves and eventually it's a road. And then they put cement over the road and it's this path that we're so used to taking in our brain that it feels comfortable. It feels reliable. We know what the outcome is going to be. We know how we feel. It's not impossible to uproot one of those concrete routes that we have in our brain. It just takes longer. It takes time and it takes patience. 
Mm-hmm. So sit with the sit with the uncomfort and the the uneasiness that you feel when you stop yourself and you choose to go a different path that's just not paid because the reason it's easier for for us because we are mindful and we do have a really consistent daily practice is because it's gone from being just a a semi semi used path to something that is used regularly and now we're putting the concrete over that it's habitual it's natural it becomes more natural and it feels that way too and these are things all of these tips we're giving you these are things that I want to try to encourage people to put in place of other things that we do to take away or that we think are taking away feelings like numbing things such as alcohol, weed, drugs, things like that. Um, I mean, we're not here to judge anyone and I'm not here to tell you what to do or what not to do, but I'm just here to give you some facts quick about how our hippocampus, which is in our brain every single day we get 700 new stem cells pumped into our brains. And these stem cells are what keep us alert and awake and motivated and creative and happy and feeling good. And they keep sending positive, good messages to the body. They're really important. And something that can actually kill these stem cells are things like weed, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs. And so within reason, if you're feeling anxious a lot or you're feeling like you're not very productive or you're feeling really tired and foggy and clouded and you're taking part in smoking or drinking or things like that, those are big factors and probably why you're feeling that way. And so some of us are able to do those things and multitask and function and still be productive or say at the end of our day, we have a glass of wine um, and we're doing it in moderation or we know our limits. There's a lot of people productively, you know, smoking and drinking and creating beautiful things. But all I'm saying is if, if part of your anxiety or the feelings of depression you're having um, or the lethargicness or just different negative feelings and you're partaking in drugs and alcohol on an active level, um, consider limiting it and replacing the time that you would normally do that with doing an exercise or dancing around your house or making a TikTok or just like finding a <laughs> hobby, I guess, is all I'm saying, because those types of things can actually cause us to feel worse um, in a sense, depending on how you're using it, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to ask ourselves questions before um, before using anything too, because I mean, I think I, I encourage the the occasional, you know, if you want to smoke, if you want to have a glass of wine, but Something that, something that I started asking myself um, before I took a break from alcohol was, why am I like, why am I doing this? Is it is it just for fun? If so, and to let loose. If so, that's great, and you can drink a glass of wine. But I think too many times we don't ask ourselves, is there something that I'm avoiding? Is there is there something that I don't want to think about because it is a depressant. Alcohol is a depressant. So it's going to make you feel more at ease. But I think there is so much to be said about sitting in, sitting with the uncomfort and mm-hmm. working through that instead of finding a way around it. Because as many people know, it's still there the next day. Yes, it is. And part of um, getting to a point where you can feel like you're leading with your soul and being as authentic as possible is being sober. And again, like there is no judgment for recreational use or medicinal use or, um, but it's just a matter of personal experience as well as I find when I'm maintaining a more sober lifestyle, I'm not drinking a bunch at night or smoking or what have you. I just, I tend to get more done. I feel better about myself. I feel more accomplished. I sleep better. Um, I feel less anxiety. There's just a lot of benefits from that. And especially in times where we're, you know, a little bit isolated right now, if we can prevent anxiety in any way, you know, why wouldn't we? And that's kind of been my mantra for the last however many months that I've been really diving deeper into my subconscious work is 
anything that causes me anxiety, I'm cutting it out. And I don't want any reason to feel anxiety. It's not worth it to me. Yeah, I'd say treat this time as a retreat for yourself uh, to dive deeper and to change your habits rather than, um, you know, spring break vacation where you're just getting drunk every day. Because then with the, the stress that's going around, you're going to end up feeling that on a much more intense level because you're not building up the things to prepare you to handle them effectively. Um, I do want to talk a little bit deeper with you guys on journaling just because I think that is something that everyone can do easily right now. We all have a pen and paper. We all, you know, most of us have phones. You can put notes in your phones, however feels best for you to journal. You know, you can type it into your computer. You can talk it into voice notes, um, write it on a piece of paper. But I think journaling, I've, I've always loved to write and writing's always been a really therapeutic thing for me. But I, when I get really busy, I forget about it and I tend to put it to the back burner because it's just easy to put to the back burner. And I've been journaling a lot since this whole situation has happened. And even some of my journaling is just doodling, but I might write, how do I feel today? Or what am I afraid of today? Or um, what did I do today that made me feel good? Or who do I miss? Or just making a list of something. I think writing is really therapeutic. And I know the three of us all do it. And I just want to be open and raw and like what I journaled today, right off the top, it was just bullet points. I wrote fearful of losing business and revenue, fearful of loved ones getting sick, fearful of hurting others. And then I wrote, am I doing these things? And are these things true? Am I in control of these things like we had talked about earlier? So of course we all have fears right now. Um, and once you write them down, part of that can just be released immediately just by simply writing it down. So will you guys be open and raw with me and share maybe something you journaled today or recently just so people can understand how our minds work a little bit? Dude, yeah, I actually went pretty deep on my journaling today and I needed it. Um, I could feel it. It's one of those days where you just like feel it. And it was a really, really, really good day. I got a lot of creative, creative, <laughs> creative energy out and, and I felt really proud of it. I did yoga. I meditated. I crossed things off my list. And for some reason, I was still feeling this like layer of tension and how, how I journal, I usually have the first part and I just word vomit until my heart's content. I get it all out what I'm thinking. I don't try to structure anything in that that section of it and then I have this section that I move into where it's like why am I feeling this like where is it stemming from and do I have control over it what does that mean for me how do I take a step forward um, so then I can take the ego out of it and I'm just seeing it for what it is and something that I was feeling today uh, I, I was questioning why I needed external validation on something that I've created that's art in order for me to, to feel more comfortable with it. Even though I know that I don't need it, I know that I can give that to myself. But I was like, why am I getting that residual feeling afterwards of, of I need that? Or I was sad somebody didn't react in a way that I thought that they would. I was sad something didn't turn out in a certain way. And, and what I got to at the end, and, and I'll just read a little bit of it because it's kind of like a moral of the story is what I end up getting to at the, at the end of it. Um, and so I had, I had written, it doesn't always, oh, where, where was it? So I, I had written in my journal, I can easily give myself the appreciation I deserve and need because um, showing your art is scary. It's terrifying, in fact. It doesn't always feel loving. It doesn't always feel balanced or fair, but that is growth. That is where seeds of patience are sown. 
seeds of self-love and it is in that space we learn to not be so fragile to know we aren't cracking we are increasing our flexibility and it does not mean give in it means push through bravely until you fall off your edge again or until you share your art again but that's a little bit from how i journal there's always a little bit of a flow to it and then i end up pretty much giving myself a hug at the end because I feel a lot better. I feel like I just purged emotions. And it goes back to, this is a time to connect with yourself. Because I could have easily called one of, I could have called Andy or Mar and expressed the same concerns. Um, but I think it's always good to get your own opinion on, on your own issues first. To get your own opinion and trust your own opinion. Well, sometimes after you write it down too, you don't even agree with it anymore. Yeah, you reread totally. it. Like this came from me. <laughs> <laughs> so many times. I'm like, why are you worried about me? Yeah. <laughs> Mara, do you want to share a little bit of yours? Yeah, I mean, mine's kind of <laughs> I have a journal that's just my I call it just like my like it's the journal that I just go with continuous thought. So I just write down whatever I'm thinking without even second guessing it because I tend to try to perfect my journal as much as possible, as much as possible and try to like perfect the words I use. And I'm trying to learn how to just kind of be like a little more chaotic with it. So I have a certain journal for that. And that's the one that during this whole process of being alone and isolated, I have been using a lot and a lot of this week has been a lot of the same type of prompts and themes of my writing has been about or have been about um the anger i have <laughs> towards parts of the population in this situation um something i'm learning to fight with love and trying to understand where that anger is coming from and how I'm not in control of that. Um, my prompts have been a lot, or just like what I'm writing has been a lot of letting myself feel all of that anger, write as many bad things as I want to. And then I go back and I rewrite every word. Like we were just talking about that has weirdly became our theme of this is I flip the narrative and I flip the negative, make it into a positive of some way, or at least take out a little bit of that irrational thought that I do have. Um, and my anger is valid and my thoughts are valid and I don't ever make them feel like they're not, but I find a way to cope with them a little bit healthier than letting myself feed into that anger. Um, it's a process because I still wake up and I still feel anger towards the people who aren't educating themselves about this situation um, and other things. And I'm learning how that is not my life and I can just do as much as I can to help in this life and this type of community that I am in. Um, and yeah, so that's a lot about where my journaling has been is I like to just kind of rewrite the thoughts that I know are probably unhealthy or are used in a way of destruction. Like, you know how you can just tell the thoughts that are like, oh, that's just destroying. That's just hurting. There's no reason you had to think that or say that. I'm deciphering between the two a little bit more, um, especially this. Yeah, I think that can go to show for um, anger or any negative emotion at any time or for anyone that feels anger, because I think anger is another common human emotion that we all can relate to. And it's I think it's always about when we're trying to be in spirit or the highest versions of ourselves, it's always important to really sit with anger and find out where it's coming from and um again what can we do about it and like mar said in any situation pandemic or not we can't control what other other people are doing and it is difficult especially when you know that there's things that 
they could change and it would help all of us. And it's, it's all about what can we do for the common good. And there's just some people who aren't thinking in that way. And it is really frustrating. Um, but a lot of times it's, it's lack of education and they don't have the privilege to, to know what we know or don't, you know, exercise their brain in the same way. So they're not at a place where they know what we know. And so what can we do is exactly what we're trying to do right now is put out a podcast or put out knowledge or just be proactive in your own community of trying to educate and teach as much as you can in a positive way so that we can hopefully get on the same page and help save people collectively. Um, So yeah, maybe that's another thing we can take from this episode is what can you do in your community to educate people in a kind and loving way, not by forcing yeah. it down your throats. You know, you all have a choice to listen to this podcast. We're not holding you down and putting headphones in your ears to listen. So what can you do that's, you know, mm-hmm. assertively, but also lovingly and respectfully educating people around you? Right, Mark, because yeah. I feel like you're doing that, and that's, I think, helping you, you know, feel a little bit better when you post things to your Instagram, even like, hey, I was going to travel, and this is why I chose not to travel. Educating people in that way to, to, to flip a switch in their head, potentially, of, oh, yeah, you know what? Those reasons resonate with me. I didn't even realize that. Like, I'm not going to travel either right now. And that was something that happened actually surprisingly more than I thought. I got a lot of replies after that being like, thank you. Seeing these thoughts have made me decide I am also not going on this vacation that I planned months ahead of for, for this situation and all this stuff. And it's stuff like that where it's like voicing your opinion in that way, where it's not even like you're calling out anyone. You're just saying, hey, I've decided, I've figured out. This is my example. Yeah, exactly. I I think people respond a lot better to that too. So if you do have somebody around you who is asking you those questions or like, hey, I'm thinking about traveling. Like I had somebody reach out to me and they're like, hey, how's New Orleans look? Can I travel there? And I was like, it's the worst one. But but you know, in those moments, and it goes right back to how you respond, are you choosing to take part in the negative energy? reminding yourself to just like sit back take a breath everyone learns things and receives information at different speeds some people during this time aren't looking at any news they're not reading any articles they're more on the oblivious side of it and and that's okay if that's where they want to sit um but it's just taking the opportunity to educate and not say how dare you but instead say hey you know like I read this article and it's actually like says this and this. And I think, um, I think you should check it out. And it really benefited me because people respond when you say people respond better when you say this helped me and my situation because they don't feel targeted. And by saying everything Cal just said, we're giving you the opportunity by if you want to educate yourself a little more, we will have links in our podcast of factual non-bias articles about things that are going on. If you feel the need to learn more about it, because I think it's something that we have this platform. I think we should be able to use it. And so we're giving you the resources, but you can do what you will with that. Um, But just know that they will be in there show notes or whatever the heck that's called. Yeah, and I think I think in the next few episodes that we kind of can get done in the next week or so or two weeks, we'll I'm sure we'll keep coming back to this topic a little bit just because it's what's relevant. Um so if you have any sort of suggestions or questions or things that you want us to talk more on, um just let us know too because we got time. To talk. So much time. I'm unemployed. <laughs> I think majority of America is unemployed right now. So <laughs> no, majority of the world. What am I saying? Come on, I wanted to be special. I, know, I right? want to say on behalf of all of us, because I know we all feel this way. Um, 
we know where our privilege stands in this situation, that we're able to have a little bit of an audience to talk to and we have safe homes and we have a secure place even throughout this crazy chaotic situation. Um, we love and support the people who don't have that. The single parents out there who are dealing with out childcare, disabled, the already immune compromised type of people. Also the people who are in um, abusive relationships. Yes, I was gonna say domestic abuse families, um, a unsafe home, we see you and we're here for you. And if we can learn one thing, Ooh, I was about to cry for a second. <laughs> um, if we can learn one thing from this whole thing is that we are not alone and we are one full entity and we support and love each other. And being in this social isolation and seeing our privilege, we are helping others and that's why we are here and that's why it is important. And we love and see all of you who are going through a really difficult time. And, and we're here for you. I'm also going to link a hotline in our notes as well. For anyone who is in an unsafe environment, there's people you can call. And ultimately, if you know as a listener a way that we can help with the little platform that we do have with links or information of ways that we can help people more, um, and you want to share it on through our platform, we'd love to hear that too, because even if you know, 50 people listen to this, there could be one person you could be helping if you have information that we could feed out to them. Um, we're mm -hmm. open to all suggestions. And yeah, we hope that you are staying sane with us and we'll mm -hmm. keep putting some stuff out to maybe help with that. And we love you and appreciate you. Yeah. And as always, if you have any other questions or if you want us to elaborate on anything further, please feel free to message us. Um, and just choose to smile more through this because that's your choice. <laughs> yeah, we have to kind of laugh a little bit through it because there's not much else you can do, really. Mm -hmm. Just hang mm -hmm. on. Take it day by, by day, minute by minute. Let us know if you need anything. And we will be talking to you very soon. Love you guys. Love be gentle you. with yourselves. Bye. Bye.